This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Wednesday, November 16th. Brought to you by Robble AgriFinance. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. DPR cracks down on 13D. Cal OSHA draws scorn and push for farm workforce bill. DPR targets 13D with new rules and a crackdown. Department of Pesticide Regulation announced two separate actions yesterday concerning the fumigate 13D or Talone. DPR released a draft regulation to further restrict the use of 13D following brief spikes in air monitor readings last year. The measures include tarping, deeper injections, and expanded buffer zones. DPR is also taking licensing action against a Hollister-based pesticide service for repeated violations across counties. The department tracked 40 incidents dating back to 2014 that involved 1,3-D or chloropicrin. This is an unacceptable pattern of egregious and dangerous actions that place workers and the public in danger, said DPR Assistant Director Ken Now, remember, DPR Director Julie Henderson persuaded the legislature in May to expand DPR's authority to pursue bad actors across county lines. Now, on that note, DPR will release a concept paper in early December on overhauling the mill assessment to draw more sales tax revenue and shore up the department's budget. Henderson has been interested in a tiered approach that would levy higher fees on more toxic ingredients. You can read more on the 1-3-D news and the latest pesticide notifications in the AgriPulse West newsletter later this morning. Cal OSHA's pandemic rule draws scorn from ex-director. Cal OSHA's governing board is set to adopt a new workplace safety regulations for COVID-19 next month, and this is raising eyebrows in the policy world. Heating calls from labor interests, the agency revived exclusion pay for workers who test positive. The board also plans to extend the regulations two more years to buy time for developing a permanent infectious disease standard. Cal OSHA's former director, however, called the wrong, called that the wrong approach. In an op-ed for Cal Matters yesterday, John Duncan blasted the agency for inserting an exclusion pay clause just a month before approving the regulation. He argued such a major decision as that for extending the regulation beyond the governor's end of the emergency declaration, quote, requires time to gather data talk to affected communities, and generate workable solutions. He cautioned the board members to respect the, quote, awkward, loud, disagreeable, and painfully slow process that is rulemaking. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak West after this. When you work with Robo AgriFinance, you get the global knowledge and financial strength of one of the world's largest and most innovative food and ag lenders, tools essential to realizing your aspirations. Discover how an unmatched network of local and sector experts can help you confront agriculture's challenges and seize the opportunities that lie ahead. Learn more and contact us at www.roboag.com. Creating value. Connecting vision. Bravo AgriFinance. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak West. 
Record keeping added to FSMA food traceability. In an effort to quickly identify and rapidly remove potentially contaminated food from the market, the Food and Drug Administration will require more record keeping by companies that make, process, or pack or whole foods, including fresh leafy greens, nut butters, fresh cut fruits and vegetables, and ready to eat deli salads. FDA's final traceability rule released yesterday establishes additional record-keeping requirements for foods on the food traceability list, or the FTL, or foods that contain them as ingredients. The final rule is designed to implement Section 204 of the Food Safety Modernization Act, or FSMA. FDA said the action is, quote, an unprecedented advancement in foodborne illness prevention to more effectively trace contaminated food throughout the food supply. But FMI, the Food Industry Association, said the rule goes beyond FDA's statutory authority. The final rule requires companies that make, process, pack, or hold an FTL food to establish and maintain a traceability plan that, among other things, describes how they will maintain records under the new requirements, identify FTL foods they handle, and assign traceability lot codes to FTL foods. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Dairy farmers to demand action on labor shortages. More than 100 farmers together with lawmakers and farm groups such as the International Dairy Foods Association will gather on Capitol Hill today to demand Congress, quote, fix the ongoing agricultural workforce crisis that according to the IDFA. Labor shortages are a major pain point for the U.S. dairy industry and right now is our best chance in years to pass meaningful immigration reform that will ensure the dairy industry has a reliable, predictable, and legal workforce while lowering food prices for consumers, said IDFA President and CEO Michael Dykes. We urge the Senate to move in a bipartisan manner to pass the Farm Workforce Modernization Act. The House passed that bill last year. U.S. Representatives Dan Newhouse of Washington, Mike Simpson of Idaho, Zoe Lofgren of California, Jimmy Panetta of California, and Jim Costa of California, they'll be holding a press conference with the farmers and ag groups. Despite advent of electric vehicles, ethanol still has a pathway for growth. The increasing number of electric vehicles may have many in farm country concerned, but a new report from the Terrain Senior Grain Analyst, Matthew Roberts, says the transition to less liquid fuel consumption will be slow, perhaps slower than many expect, given the corn and ethanol industries time to adjust and find new opportunities to grow demand. Terrain launched uh, under the partnership of three leading farm credit associations, that American Ag Credit, Farm Credit Services of America, and Frontier Farm Credit, that to offer analysis to their customers. Ethanol versus electrons is the first major report. California continues to drive the adoption of electric vehicles, especially with the recent mandate that all light-duty vehicles sold by 2035 to be zero-emission vehicles. 
but decreases in ethanol demand because of that mandate could be offset by an increase in the number of flex fuel vehicles, Roberts says. In addition, E85 could be, quote, a demand driver for ethanol through this transition, Roberts said. Turkeys, the real kind, go to D.C., A pair of turkeys raised in North Carolina are headed to the nation's capital for this year's traditional White House pardoning. The birds were raised by National Turkey Federation Chairman Ronnie Parker near Monroe, North Carolina. So after the D.C. trip, the lucky birds will live out their retirement at North Carolina State University in Raleigh. Finally, here's today's She Said It. Voluntarily reducing water usage and funding habitat improvement is a reasonable compromise. That's Senator Dianne Feinstein in backing San Francisco's decision to sign on to the voluntary agreement for Bay Delta flows. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Wednesday, November 16th, brought to you by Robo AgriFinance. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Dowling.